you are. You don't ever outgrow the need for God to lead you. You don't ever outgrow that. Uh, whether you are <clears throat> uh, a young person who's getting ready to walk across a platform, and maybe this platform or one similar to it, to receive your high school diploma, you need God's leadership in your life. Uh, if you're someone who is graduated from college, uh, you need God's leadership in your career choices and in, in your vocation and what God would have you to do. If you're a parent, uh, oh, how we need as parents for God to lead us in the training and rearing of our children. How foolish it is for any of us to think as parents, uh, I got this on my own. Boy, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, we need we need God's hand of guidance, God's hand of leadership in all that we do. And when you get up tomorrow morning to go to work, I don't care if you work uh, in a church office or in a factory or an office building somewhere. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. You need God's hand of leadership in your life. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, if you wake up and you go to school tomorrow as an elementary student, you need God's leadership in your life. I'm simply saying there's not a human being under the sound of my voice who does not need God's leadership. Some of you are facing some uh, some trials and some tests in your life. Uh, it's the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning. And it's the last thing that crosses your mind before you doze off to sleep at night. It's that it's that event that you have marked on your calendar and uh, and you're not sure how it's all going to turn out. Uh, perhaps it's a health crisis. Perhaps it's a, uh, it's a family situation or a relationship problem. There's something or, or, uh, or some situation going on in your life and, uh, and it bothers you. It, and, uh, even though we ought not worry and fret and so forth, uh, sometimes we're guilty of it. <laughs> but let me say this. You need God's leadership in that situation. Uh, I don't care how small it seems. I don't care how large it looms. Every single one of us need the leadership of God in our life. I'm reminded of the verse in uh, to, to the song Amazing Grace. Many of you could quote it. We sing it often, and many of you would be able to sing it without even the aid of a songbook this morning. But in the third verse, the, uh, the, 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 the penman, John Newton, who has an amazing, who had an amazing testimony in and of himself, you talk about when he said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John Newton wasn't whistling Dixie, okay? <laughs> He, he wasn't just uh, saying some vain words there. John Newton was a wretch of a man. Uh, his testimony was such that it, uh, any, uh, anything that you've done that you would deem wrong or, or, uh, or, or hideous or outside the will of God, I'll promise you, John Newton's testimony would have you beat, for sure. But it was John Newton who penned the words, uh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. But I want to call your attention to that third verse in Amazing Grace where John Newton penned these words. He said, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Grace will lead me home. May I say this morning, God wants to lead you home. May I say to those of you this morning who may not be saved, God wants to lead you, first of all, to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
May I say to those of us who are saved this morning, God wants to lead you in every day, every hour, every moment through this journey that we call this life. God wants to lead you to heaven. Now, your destiny's already been decided if you're saved. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about hanging on to God because you're in His hand, the Bible says, and no man shall pluck you out of the Father's hand. <clears throat> but what I am saying is we need to be cognizant of the fact that God wants to lead us every step of the way until we get to glory. In the verses we read a few moments ago, several times, God is referred to as leading His children out of Egypt. The book of Exodus chronicles the story of God's people leaving or exiting the land of Egypt after over 400 years of bondage and slavery to Pharaoh. God did not just open the exit doors of Egypt and say, You're free. You can go now. He didn't do it that way. God, when He led Moses and Aaron back to Egypt, Moses specifically, and He said, Moses, I want you to appear before Pharaoh and say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And uh, Pharaoh's not going to let them go right off the bat. It's going to take some doing, but uh, don't you worry about a thing, Moses. I've got it all under control. And uh, uh, and, and you, then you, you go to, through the story of how that God brought the plagues, the ten plagues on the land of Egypt. And, uh, and eventually, <coughs> Pharaoh said, all right, get them out of here. Let them go. Of course, that happened uh, after the uh, the death of the firstborn. And so on and uh, and but notice that God did not just when uh, Pharaoh said okay they can go God didn't just open up the exit doors of Egypt and everybody just scattered and did their own thing that's not the way it happened he didn't say have at it he didn't say go do what you want whenever you want and wherever you want no sir God's will for them was to leave Egypt so that they could go to a better country and may I say this morning, the reason why God saved you was not just to bring you to a better country called heaven, but God saved you so that you could have an abundant life here on this earth. God did not just save you and turn you loose to do your own thing. No, God saved you and gave you the liberty and the freedom to do what God wants you to do. That's what Christian liberty is all, the, all about, by the way. And uh, God had a will for these people back then, and, just, and just, as he, just as he had a will for his people, he has a will for your life this morning. God did not wake up and see you and say, hmm, how did he get there? <laughs> God didn't just look at you one day and say, uh, wow, <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't realize uh, she was going to be there at this particular time. i got to figure out something for her to do. No, that's not the way it worked at all. Before there ever was a you, God had a will for you. Before there ever, before you ever breathed your first breath outside the womb of your mother, before you ever, you were ever conceived in the womb of your mother, God had a will for your life. You say, preacher, how do you know that? You read Jeremiah chapter one. Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, Jeremiah gives his own testimony, and he said, uh, before I was uh, uh, formed in the womb, God called me to be a preacher, God called me to be a prophet to the nations, and he said, God had a will for me before there was a me. There was a promised land out there that God wanted for his people to experience, and they would never experience that promised land until they were willing to make a clean break from Egypt. Don't miss it. What I want you to see from the Scripture this morning is the fact that these people, the nation of Israel, were led by God from where they were to the place where God wanted them to be. Look, God's not just He didn't just save you and say, okay, do your own thing now. That's not the way it works. 
God did not save you with the idea of you just going out, okay, now that I'm saved, I can do whatever I want because after all, I'm free in Christ and I can, I can say what I want, I can do what I want, I can drink what I want, I can act any old way, and uh, it's all good because I'm on my way to heaven and I can't lose my salvation. No, you cannot lose your salvation, but the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The things I used to do, we'll talk about a little more tonight, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. See, several times in this passage in Exodus chapter 13, we read the words, God led them. Look at it. I want you to see it for yourself. Exodus 13, Look at beginning in verse 16. We'll not read the entire passage again, but I want to point out something to you. Uh, look at the latter part of verse 16. It says, For by strength of hand, notice what it says, The Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. The Lord brought us forth. Look at verse 17. It says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that, what's the next three words? God led them. Do you see that? God led them. Uh, look at verse 18. Uh, let's read the first five words together. But God led the people. Hmm. You get the picture? You see a trend developing here? God led them. The Lord brought them out. Look at verse number 21. Verse number 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way. Over and over it says, God led them. The Lord brought them out. God led them. God led them. Hey, you get the idea that God was in charge here. You get the idea that God was offering His leadership to His people. God didn't want them to make a mistake. God didn't want them to stray off the beaten path. God did not want them to just meander and wander and uh, aimlessly there in the wilderness. No, sir. God wanted to lead them. And may I say this morning, uh, your life will be good to the extent that you allow God to have His way in leading your life. Your life will be, hey, things will go well. I didn't say you'd never have a problem. I didn't say you'd never have a worry. I didn't say you'd never have a care. I didn't say things would never go wrong in your life. But I am saying, when you have God's leadership, you have everything that God has available to you. You ever think about that? When God leads you, when you have God's presence in your life, you have God's grace, and you have His help, and you have His wisdom, and you have His Word, and you have uh, all of the things that God is uh, at, at your disposal. Hey, what a wonderful life to live and to know that God is leading me. He leadeth me, O oh, blessed thought, O oh, words with heavenly comfort wrought. Whatever I do, where I be, it is God's hand that leadeth me. What a blessing that is. What a wonderful thought that God wants to lead us. Did you notice that the invisible Jehovah God led His people? He led them by a pillar of cloud by day, the Bible says. A pillar of fire by night. I love what one preacher said when he said that God's people had it made in the shade. There they were in the, in the hot desert of the Sinai Peninsula, in that wilderness of Sinai, and everywhere they went, no matter how hot the sun was, uh, and of course we know the temperatures in the desert get up to 120, 125. I see Brian there, he's uh, been out in Arizona and he could give uh, testimony to this, but uh, 125, 130 degrees is nothing out in the Arizona and Southern California desert, and it, I'm sure the same way in the Sinai Peninsula. But God's people, they didn't experience that kind of hardship. You know why? Because there was a pillar hovering over them. 
that pillar of cloud by day that shaded them from the harsh elements. And then in the desert, it gets really cool in the uh, at night, and, and that pillar of, cl- uh, of cloud, as the sun began to set in the western sky, that pillar of cloud began to turn into a pillar of fire, and it provided heat for them in the cool desert evenings. Oh, how good God was to lead them and to care for everything that they could ever want. How good it was for God to give water from the rock in Horeb. How good it was for God to give them manna uh, six uh, six mornings a week and on the sixth morning there was enough manna there for two days so that they had enough for the Sabbath. How good God was to provide for them. How good God was to make their shoes grow with their feet and their clothes to never wear out. How good God was to make sure that everything that his people would ever need was right there for them. Well, what a good God we serve. That same God that loved his people enough to do that for them uh, uh, 4,000 years ago or so is the same God that we serve today. The same God that wants to lead your life. The same God that wants to provide for you. And just as God led his people out of Egypt to cross the Red Sea and through the wilderness to Canaan, he wants to lead his people today. I want you to notice several things this morning, if time allows. Uh, First of all, those led by the Lord have been delivered by the Lord. Those led by the Lord have been delivered by the Lord. You see, the only people who were going to be led across the wilderness... The only people who were going to be led uh, to the promised land were the people who were willing to leave Egypt's land. Understand something. Egypt, uh, Exodus chapter 13 and verse 16, it says, For the strength of the hand of the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. You know, the Lord's leadership began with freedom from bondage. Freedom from bondage. You see, it was the death angel that was to pass over the land there in uh, the latter part of Exodus chapters uh, 10 and 11. And instructions to God's people were to apply the blood of a special lamb to the doorposts of their house. And when the death angel saw that blood, those inside the house were spared. You see, God's leadership began for His people as as a mass, as a group of people, as a congregation of the children of Israel. God's leadership began the day that they were saved from Egypt. And may I say this morning, God's leadership in your life really begins the day that you trust Him as your Savior. The day you trust Him as your Savior. You see, God doesn't lead those who, are, who don't belong to Him. Now, you may have the Holy Spirit working in your life right now trying to bring you to that point of salvation, but as far as God leading you in a way uh, that, that He led His people there in the book of Exodus, hey, that begins with salvation. It begins when you by faith say, hey, you know what? I can't save myself. I can't get to heaven on my own. I can't get my, I, I can't deliver myself from the penalty of my sins. And by the way, the penalty of your sins is death and hell. The penalty of your sin, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth it shall surely die. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Hey, I'm simply saying God's leadership begins with your decision to trust Jesus Christ. Oh, you say, preacher, I really would like God's help in my life. I'll tell you where it starts. God wants to help you with the next life, and then we'll take care of this one. Hey, God wants to make sure that your eternal destiny is secured, and then we'll kind of back up to where you are, and He'll guide you the rest of the way uh, through this life. But I'm saying the the, the uh, th- those led by the Lord should follow... Uh, I'm sorry, those led by the Lord are those who have been delivered by the Lord. Number, number two, I want you to see this. Those led by the Lord have a responsibility to follow. Don't miss this. Those who have 
who are led by the Lord have a responsibility to follow the Lord. Let me share with you another verse here. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. We read it a while ago. It says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the Philistines, although that way was near, although that was near. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they returned to Egypt. You see, God led them His way, not their way. You see, once I give my life to Christ, once I trust Christ as my Savior, once I'm saved, once I, I turn to Jesus and say, I can't save myself, would you save me? Hey, that right there, my friend, begins a journey through this life that I'll promise you God wants to have a part in. God wants you to trust Him. But may I say this? Those led by the Lord have a responsibility to follow the Lord. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? You know, God led these people His way, not their way. You see, he said there in verse number 17, there was a shorter way that may have seemed obvious to those nearby or to those who were leaving Egypt. Uh, there were probably some folks saying, you know what, I see where we're going here, but it looks like we could take this shortcut this way and it would be a lot better, it'd be a lot shorter for us to go this way. But God said, I don't want to take them that way because if, they, if I take them that way, they might get cold feet and turn back and run back to Egypt, he says, uh, lest they repent when they see war. God said, they're not ready for that yet. You understand something? The good God of heaven knows what you can take and what you can't take right now. You know, sometimes <clears throat> we get the idea, I wish I could just see the future. You know, we, it's probably a good thing that we can't see the future. If God showed us too much too soon, we might panic. <laughs> we might be tempted not to trust Him. We might be tempted to turn back. We might be tempted to go another direction. But God said, God was gracious to His people. He said, look, I'm going to lead you my way because I know that's the best way, and we just need to have the good sense to trust that the Lord knows what He's doing. God knows what He's doing, my friend. He knows the way that you ought to take. He knows the path that you ought to tread. He knows the circumstances that would cause you to become frustrated or, or possibly even turn your back on the Christian life and not go forward. Hey, why don't we just trust Him? I love the song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me after Thy will while I'm waiting, yielded and still. Why don't we learn to trust the Lord? Why don't we understand that God's way is the way of happiness? God's way is the way of wisdom? God's way is the way of righteousness? And after all that He's done for us in saving us, you know, following Christ is just the decent thing to do. I'm talking now to those who are saved. Whether you've been saved six months or six, or six years, 16 or 60 years, it really doesn't matter. If you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're on your way to heaven, it's just the decent thing for us to do to follow the leadership of Jesus Christ. To follow the leadership of His Word. To follow the leadership of His good, uh, blessed Holy Spirit that lives inside of all of us. But why don't we understand that the, the key to happiness in life is not for us, now that we're saved, to just go do our own thing. No, the key to happiness in life is to figure out how God wants us to go. And as the Bible says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Why don't we learn that? Uh, <clears throat> those who are led by the Lord have responsibility to follow the Lord. Then I see this, number three, those led by the Lord should follow in an orderly manner. This is an interesting uh, uh, sub-point here. Those led by the Lord should follow in an orderly manner. Look at verse number 18, if you will. Exodus chapter 13, verse number 18. It says, But God led the people about 
through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Notice the word harnessed there. I, I have read that passage, I don't know how many times, and either just I just missed it or skipped over it or ignored it or whatever. <laughs> but this week I read that word harnessed, and uh, that's, that's a very interesting word. The word harnessed there means by rank. And in fact, you read some commentaries, some uh, uh, Bible scholars uh, believe that in, in ranks by fives, harnessed before the Lord. Uh, notice what it says. Uh, they went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt by ranks. Now, what does it mean, Pastor? God's order for His leadership in our lives is provided through the local church. God wants to lead us, not some haphazard way, not some flippant way, not some uh, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants way. No, no. If you look at very carefully, the New Testament uh, uh, prescription for God's people is to do things decently and in order. Decently and in order. May I say, <clears throat> this religion that is, uh, that is uh, disorderly and, uh, and, and uh, church that breeds confusion all kinds of chaos going on. Look, God's not in there. God's not in there. This chaotic kind of mumbo-jumbo, everybody does their own thing, and, and, and you, you go inside of a church building, it looks like a circus. God's nowhere near that mess. No, God wants things done decently and in order. He said, I'm going to lead you, but the way I'm going to lead you is not going to be chaotic. Now, everybody needs to have a seat now. It's uh, no walking around in church. It's, time, it's, it's preaching time. So I want everybody to just uh, find a place, get settled in. It will not be long. But the reality is God wants to lead us uh, in an orderly fashion. And God's order for his leadership in our lives is provided through the local church. You understand something? God leads in several uh, manifestations. God, God's leadership is given to us through his word. We'll talk about that in a minute. God's leadership is given to us uh, through, through the man of God. God's leadership is given to us through the word of God and through the institution of the New Testament local church. You, know, you say, well, preacher... <coughs> I can be a good Christian and not be a part of a church. Could you show me that in the Bible? Now, I understand, and I believe God understands when people are physically disabled and cannot get to church. But understand something. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says that we are to, uh, we are to assemble and not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. And then he said, and so much the more. So much the more. He talks about exhorting one another. He talks about encouraging one another. He talks about uh, being a help and an aid to one another. You know why? <clears throat> because, hey, when we get together as a church family, we come out of the world and we get together around some common denominators. We get around the Word of God. We have that in common. We get around the love of God. We have that in common. We, uh, we talk about salvation. We have that in common. We talk about the family of God. That's Hey, uh, to, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. We have all these things in common. And when, we, when it's church time, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, we come out of the world and we get together and we find strength. You know what you call that? God's order. That's, that's how God leads us. It's, it's kind of like, like a spiritual pep rally. We get together and, uh, and we open the Word of God and, and, and God says, hey, I want to lead you. Or we see some other truth uh, from the Word of God and we're encouraged and, and we get the strength and we get the enthusiasm to go back out in the world and to make a difference in the world and then we do it all again next week. Hey, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful idea God had. Hey, I'm simply saying those led by the Lord should follow in an orderly manner. Don't ever, don't ever discount the importance 
of gathering with the church family in your weekly schedule? Here we are. It's the uh, next to last Sunday in May. And I understand summertime is a little bit different animal. The kids are out of school and, and uh, the schedule changes. And, and, uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not against you taking a vacation. I plan to take a vacation myself. But as I said a while ago, don't ever take a vacation from God. Don't ever take a vacation from God. Hey, if it's important to be in church on the last Sunday of January, it's important to be in church somewhere on the last Sunday of May or the first Sunday of June or the mid-Sunday of July. I'm simply saying, let's not take a vacation from the Lord. Church is important. It's important. We ought to see it as such. Those led by the Lord should follow in an orderly manner. I want you to see this. Number four, those who, led, who are led by the Lord walk in the light. Those led by the Lord walk in the light. Verse 21, And the Lord went before them in a, uh, by day in a, a pillar of cloud and led them in the way, and by night a pillar of fire which gave them light to go by day and night. Hey, the Word of God gives us light. God leads us by the light of His Word. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every time I make a decision, every time there's something that God wants to lead me in, what do you do? You turn to the book. You turn to the Bible. Why? Because the Bible gives me enough light to take the next step. And it shines a little bit down the path to, so that it helps me know where I'm going. <laughs> hey, the danger of a child of God who neglects his Bible reading, who neglects his devotional time, who neglects learning and hearing the, the, the Word of God, you're compromising God's ability to lead you, my friend. It's light. It's light. I say quickly, number five, those led by the Lord will be pursued by the enemy. Those who are led by the Lord will be pursued by the enemy. Look with me, if you will, in Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 5. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Hey, may I say this? God led his people out of Egypt. But God knew before it ever happened that this was going to occur. God knew that there was going to come a point in time when Pharaoh was going to have his heart once again hardened and he was going to say, what am I thinking? Why did I let all these people go? These people were free labor for me. And uh, and sure enough, Pharaoh, uh, he came, uh, he changed his mind about letting the people go and he uh, ordered his chariot to be brought to him and ordered his army to, to make ready and, and uh, Pharaoh and his chariot and all of his armies and their chariots and they took off after God's people. Let me say this, when you are led by the Lord, you're going to be pursued by the enemy. Don't you think for one moment that if you decide to allow God to lead you, don't you think for one moment that if you submit to God's leadership, that is somehow the end of all your problems? <laughs> That's not the case. That's not the case. You have three enemies that the Bible very clearly spells out in the Scriptures. Uh, the world is your enemy. When I say the world, I'm not talking about the planet on which we live. I'm talking about the system of this world. I'm talking about the culture in which we live. This, the, hey, the culture in 2018 that we live in is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-morals, anti-absolutes uh, 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 of, of right and wrong. That, that's just that's where we live. The world is your enemy, the Bible tells us. Uh, the Bible tells us that Satan is your enemy. Satan himself, the Bible says, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Satan will love to have you as a, tr a trophy on his mantle tonight, this morning. He would. He would love to destroy your life. 
Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He doesn't want just to give you a hard time. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. We need to see it for what it is. And when you set out to follow God's leadership in your life, keep in mind, bear rest assured that you're going to be chased by an enemy. There's a third enemy that, that you have this morning. It's your own flesh. Your own sinful flesh. Hey, my sin nature that doesn't want to do what's right. The old man, the Bible refers to my sin nature, my carnal nature, my sinful nature, the old man, the flesh, however you want to, 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 uh, to, to term it according to the Scriptures, it's your enemy. Your enemy. Paul said, he said it this way in Romans chapter 7, that which I would, I do not. And that, the things that I know I shouldn't do, those are the things I find myself doing. He said, there's always a constant battle in my soul and in my life. Why? Because my old nature, the old man, the old flesh, is at war with the new nature. He said, there's always a conflict there. I'm saying, if you submit to God's leadership in your, in your life, there's going to be some battles that you're going to have to face. There's going to be some conflict that you're going to have to overcome. There's going to be some, some things, some times when you're going to struggle, but wait a minute. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in you. Hey, greater is God's leadership. When I submit to him, when I turn my life over to him and just keep on going and keep on following, oh, pastor, I'm thinking about quitting church because things are so hard. Sir, you got it all messed up. You got it 180 degrees backwards. Hey, when things go wrong, when things, when, when Satan uh, rears his ugly head and when your flesh gives you a fit and when the world is set against you, hey, that's the time to get closer to God. That's the time to draw closer to his leadership. That's the time to say, oh, I got to have this book. Oh, I got to live in its pages. Oh, I have to figure out what does God has have for me in, in, in the precious word of God because, hey, the entrance to thy word giveth light. The entrance of thy word giveth light, the psalmist said. Hey, that's when we need to get closer. That's when we need to submit more to God's leadership. That's when we need to be more faithful. I'm simply saying, if you're going to follow God's leadership, expect some opposition. Expect an enemy to chase you. And then the last thing, don't miss this. Those led by the Lord will lead a life of victory. Those led by the Lord will lead a life of victory. When God's people cross over the Red Sea, Boy, there was rejoicing, there was singing, there was laughter, there was a big celebration as they looked back at the Red Sea when it closed in on all of Pharaoh's armies and, and killed all of them. And, and, and the battlement of the Egyptians washed up on the other side of the shore and God's people rejoiced. And that rejoicing was repeated 40 years later when they crossed over the Jordan into Canaan land. Hey, I'm simply saying the life that is led by the Lord, it may not be an easy life, my friend, but I'll promise you it is a life worth living and it's a life of victory. A life of victory. Why don't we just decide this morning that we're going to submit ourselves to God's leadership? Look, aren't you tired of just doing your own thing and constantly coming up empty? Look, aren't you sick and tired of, of, of buying into this false notion that freedom is doing whatever you want to do? No, no, that's not freedom. Freedom is you being led by God to do what He wants you to do. That's freedom. Hey, and whenever you grasp onto that concept as a child of God, you're about to find victory. 
Whenever you grasp on to that, that, that truth that God wants to lead you to not just, you know, look, God doesn't want you meandering in the wilderness all of your life. God wants to lead you to the abundant Christian life, the land of Canaan, uh, typically speaking, the land of the victorious Christian life, not a life without troubles, but a life where victory is a way of life. And that can be true in your life if you'll let God lead you. But, but may I say this? God never leads aside from His Word. And God never leads aside from His Spirit. And God never leads aside from the institution of the local church. And if you're right with those three institutions and you, as the Apostle Paul, challenged a group in, in the New Testament, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Was Paul being arrogant? No, no. He was saying, hey, we're going somewhere. Where our, our, our sights are set on biblical principles and on Jesus Christ Himself. Why don't y'all get on board with me and let's be led by our Heavenly Father. Hey, what a life. What a life. It can be true in your life if you'll submit to God's leadership. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Every head bowed and every eye is closed.